going to Australia and very deadly, basically. For That's an amazing story. Let's hear more. However, what they say is that our genes are actually undergoing some changes. Detective David Love. And this is Dr. Lana Love. Welcome to our show. Today we're going to be talking about what it will take to create the new earth paradigm. And uh, this is a, a very impromptu show. Um, we haven't uh, really got a great outline for this, but and it'll be a little bit improvised, but this is the way we love to do it. And we're doing it live and we're doing it on BBS Radio Network. And we're very excited to go through this with you. We're doing it live and wild. And, and that's the way we like it. And uh, just special thanks to BBS Radio, our producers, for uh, hosting this show for us on their network and uh, for the great work they're doing. We hear there's big things happening, and we, we're very excited to see the results soon of all their hard effort. And uh, this is uh, kind of what we're going to be talking about, you know, how to create the outcome that you want, how to really succeed in the face of the tests and challenges of life and adversity and just be the spiritual warrior as our esteemed producers are in BBS radio network when they suffered a huge uh, loss as a lot, many people did in the uh, paradise uh, wildfires last year. They just got up and, and kept going. And that's what we want to do here. We're facing uh, unprecedented times where this is a very exciting time in, in history. And we're honored to be here at this time where there's, so much radical change in the world that uh, we like to call the paradigm shift, which includes climate change and the, the so-called sixth mass extinction of the planet. And that's what we're going to talk about, how to get through this. I like the fact that you use the word exciting, David, because I think that's the important key. It's uh, There are great changes ahead. It's important to not be in fear, but be excited, be motivated and be prepared to be part of the change. Right. And, and you know, the change is going to happen. Change is always changing. And you either get shaken by the change or you move with the change. And I, and I suggest that rather than going, being oppositional and defiant to the paradigm shift, which is a radical change agent in the world, it's a force of nature that's coming through a cosmic force and rather than trying to go up against it and uh, fighting it, you know, as some warriors will do, fight to the bitter end, I suggest you be like water. And water often moves around obstacles, rocks in the river and, and whatnot and obstacles, and it just keeps moving. It will sway and it's very um, fluid and it just keeps going. And sometimes it'll tear a path through the uh, ground as well and there's no stopping it when a river decides to cut through the land. Um so water is a good example of how you want to mentally act, I suppose, your your attitude. It should be fluid but strong. And so where I want to take this is um, just with climate change, Lana and I, uh, we went to a, a political action group meeting, a climate change meeting not too long ago. And uh, we listened to all the different political candidates talking about um, – their transitional um, plans for climate change and, and, you know, moving from coal to uh, natural gas and, and other types of transitional planning. And, and they talked about they kept bringing up a global emergency, a global crisis. And, um, you know, that the deadline for this is 2030 and we have 11 years till the point of no return. Um and, and if that's true, and I'm saying if that's true, then I don't know that we can – that there's any single person or uh, nation that can actually solve this global emergency because it is in fact global and it would take all of us. Um, and so, you know, again, if we're going to believe everything that the scientists are saying um, – you know, I saw a CNN article where Bill Nye, the science guy, said, uh, wake up uh, – the planet's on effing fire. Um, so we either treat it like a global emergency or – and we you know, we start to get comfortable with the idea that this sixth mass extinction is happening 
or we and we you know we do what we put the brakes on what we're doing well we really need to look at uh outside the box and look at uh, alter options and alternatives for this event because uh, i don't know that we can the way we're going that we would actually be able to you know meet this deadline of 2030 and 11 years that would be that's uh being a professional problem solver and investigator my conclusion would be that's virtually impossible i guess the one of the things that David and I have been talking about a lot is to look outside the box, to look outside the box of the current paradigm that we're in, of the 3D matrix. Perhaps the issue is not to save the planet as such. Perhaps the issue is to rise to a higher level of vibration, and it is quite possible that then we may be able to move to a high vibrational earth. Right. And so we'd call this new earth. And, and I'm thinking of this in terms of metaphysics. This is um, a, a different way of thinking, obviously, where it's metaphysical thinking. And the way this works is, uh, well, we had a, I had a meeting, Lana and I had a meeting with a number of friends who channel higher dimensional beings. And we, uh, so discuss this issue at length in the number of us and, and trying to come up with a way of seeing this event, this global emergency from sort of the God's God mind perspective, meaning looking at it from a distance and looking at all sides of this, not in such a limited way as we do. Like uh, what's that saying, Lana, when you're at the, you can't solve the problem at the level of the problem. Right. So we need to step outside of this and, and see what's possible or what's what kind of unlimited possibilities can we get uh, for solutions for positive outcomes by looking out from the outside of this outside of this issue. And we know that it's not possible to push against a very great force. The way to do it is flow with it and mm. possibly around it. Mm to flow with the change, but to take the direction of, I guess, our higher power. Mm, the higher self, the wise mind, um, whatever. It, it, to be like wind or water, and, and certainly wind or water can be forceful, but it can also, it, it's much more fluid and, and can move through things without knocking things over and still get through. And the, an important concept is that which is contained in the serenity prayer. And mm. we love the serenity prayer, which yes. is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Right. And, and many people have used these words of wisdom to get through the tests and challenges of life and overcome adversity, big adversity, uh, addictions, and all sorts of um, difficult circumstances. And so the way I see this is this is more of a, for each person, each person will experience their own par personal paradigm shift. And this would be what some people might call a psychic awakening or a spiritual awakening. And um, it's about seeing things for what they are and then also seeing beyond it and seeing even more and seeing the unlimited possibilities once you step outside of the dark matrix, the, the current parad the prevailing paradigms that we are living in. Um, and, and, you know, the paradigm shift is going to change the world no matter what. And it would be like pushing against in physics. I, I heard a friend say, when you push against a wall, it actually pushes back. So we don't want to do that. You can, you can certainly bust through the wall. I don't know what you're going to accomplish with that. So in, in metaphysics, we want to look at this, uh, from the perspective of um, that we create reality from within, the, out, the outer reality is created from within our minds, and this is very much a world where thoughts create reality. And so we have so much power, especially over our personal reality, and uh, together, you know, we could create the outer reality, the shared reality. And the idea here that I came up with in this uh, – meeting that we have, I like to call it a guardian meeting, um, was 
because these are guardian spirits that we're channeling and using for advice on how to deal with the paradigm shift. Um, and and what, I, what I think we need to do is actually look at this as a, as a, excellent opportunity we should see the paradigm shift as our friend actually some people might see it as a wrecking ball that's coming through and just destroying everything we know and you know what that's actually a good thing um it's going to destroy the old paradigms you know the old uh the right way to live the the traditional some traditionals i think some traditions are very good but you know the way that we've been living for the last few thousand years um, and just being consumers and consuming the planet, the environment and, and everything else, where the paradigm shift is going to help us change that. It's going to be a, a benefit to us. It's, it's maybe the best thing that could ever happen to this world. And so we need to use that. This is sort of like, instead of seeing it as a problem, we should see this as an aid to creating to improving the planet improving our own lives the quality of our lives and so perhaps we can use the paradigm shift to create the new earth and and of course it's only through challenges that we do grow mm. so with the challenges that will come ahead all of us will have choices to make and those choices will be whether to grow with the challenges whether to help other fellow humans, animals, plants, or not. And we will be tested. And we will have the opportunity to grow like never before. And things, the way that things will seem will not be the way that they actually will be. As we know, life is illusory. Mm. And, and that's one of the first things you see in in your spiritual awakening and in your personal paradigm shift is that material reality, physical reality, or 3D reality is very much the illusion of life. And it's really perspective. It's your perception. It's um, inside your head. It's uh, the world is created through your five senses and your higher senses. So you have way more power than you could ever imagine in creating the outer reality or the external reality or the shared reality, whatever term you want to give to it. And I think in our meeting, in our guardian meeting, what we came up with was that uh, we may be shifting timelines. And the way that may work is those who – it may the timeline may be splitting, already splitting into two paths or maybe even more, of course, because there may be unlimited – timelines or unlimited realities because a timeline is like a path to a different reality so the, the the path that we're on this this planet may very well um in a sense come to an end with the sixth mass extinction of the planet however it may not be what we think because this is sort of the illusion of life and when i say illusion i don't mean mirage hallucination or uh, anything like that an illusion is um, it, it's something that isn't the way it really seems. So what we may see is that, you know, Lana brought up a lot of questions in this meeting about how do we proceed? How do we, what do we do? What do we try to save the world? Do we continue to save the world? Do we continue to try to, um, or do we focus on ourselves and our own spirituality and trying to ascend? Or do we, you know, do something else. And, and the fact of the matter is, I think in this theory of the splitting of the timelines and the new earth, whatever we do is going to work out if we are doing things in a positive way with a positive attitude. And if we're doing it for ourselves and we're being loving and kind in, in our thoughts and our actions, we will be doing loving and kind uh, deeds in the world, work in the world. And therefore, we will be creating the new earth we will be rising we will be ascending and uh, rising to a higher dimensional higher vibrational state where the new earth exists and because the world is the way it is the illusion of reality or the matrix uh, we will be creating the new earth as we go along doing that and those who are trying to make the world a better place in a loving and kind and gentle way 
um, they will be rising into that higher dimensional vibrational state that we call the new earth on that timeline. Whereas I think those who are still operating in the old, with the old paradigms with war and hatred and anger, they will probably remain on a timeline in an earth or in a reality similar to the one that we've always known where they'll continue to try to work their issues out, their anger out and their hatred out. And, um, that's the way I see it. And we may not see these changes even occurring because um, this is the way that the matrix, I call it the matrix technology seems to work, this simulated um, environment that we're in inside our bodies, which is like a sensory suit where we're receiving stimuli and um, creating reality. I mean, in fact, we may already have shifted to a different mm. timeline. Consider things like the Mandela effect. Right. Where, exactly. you know, the, the Mandela effect is a really weird and unusual effect where things that we remember from about 20 years ago seem to have changed. One example, what, what was it, the Snow White and the Magic Mirror, remember? Mm. Um, magic Mirror on the Wall. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think some people are seeing that differently now. They're seeing it as mirror, mirror on the wall or vice versa. No, it used to be mirror, mirror on the wall. That's what I remember from okay. my childhood. And now, I remember it's, that too. now it's magic mirror on the wall. Right. And, and what? You know, how did that happen? Mm. And there are a number of other things, you know, that are, you know, in cartoons mm. or in films that seem to have changed. Mm. And really very strange. Is it mm. possible that we have skipped timelines? I've Without the, knowing. I've seen the effects of this as well, and I can't always explain it. And I, I'm sure there are skeptics and people out there that will say, you just don't remember it correctly, or there's different versions of the story, and one was this way, one was that way. Or The, the fact is that know. we, the scientific way of thinking about it, which is mm -hmm. the prevailing paradigm, is that life and time is linear. And it's not. Yes. There's lots of different dimensions. They say that the time can go back and forth. Mm. Our human mind is simply simply too limited limited to understand. Mm. That's the good news. It is. And our thoughts, our energies are far greater than we could even begin to imagine. It's it's more of a quantum type of mm -hmm. paradigm, mm -hmm. this this change that we can have. So if we all try to shift to a higher dimensional way of thinking and being and come from the heart and come from wisdom, together our collective power may be able to transform this earth or the 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 environment that we're living in into a really amazing place and mm. it may well be that the you know the, the the horrible future that we anticipate might not happen well, yeah i mean it, it could come about in many ways it could be that some people may see a lot of pain and suffering and people already do in the world we know that in many parts of the world and every part of the world really people are suffering uh, now in throughout history we've faced challenge huge challenges invasions and and natural disasters and you know some people have suffered some people watched others suffer uh in those events and other people experienced none of it and saw none of it and i think that will be the case with this climate change whatever's causing it of course there may be people have many explanations for it nonetheless it's not going to happen in one day it's going to be a progressive um, change and uh, I think that uh, the, what I said applies here as well some people will suffer as they already are some people will see others suffering and some people will experience none of it and it's possible that uh, the way we experience this change is based upon how we view it and perceive it as we're going through it and I can't explain why you know the old, uh, why do some people that seem to be really good people suffer? I don't know. That could be soul contracts or pre-planning or I don't know. You know, that's an age-old question for philosophers and, and religious theolo theologists. Why do good things, why do bad things happen to good people? Very complicated question, many answers. Um, 
I'm just giving you one uh, theory I don't here. I think that's necessarily true. I think a lot of bad things happen to bad people, and a lot mm. of good things happen to good people. I'd say that's true too. I think it's fact, always suffering is uh, suffering. You know, in, in Buddhist philosophy, it's accepted as being part of living. Mm. Suffering is part of life. Mm. Dukkha. Mm-hmm. Even looking at a beautiful sunset, we suffer because we know the sunset will will not be there in five, ten minutes. Suffering is a part of life. Yeah, and I, and I think the serenity prayer is one way of, um, it's a philosophy of life that's very useful and valuable in trying to negotiate how to move through the tests and challenges. You know, the there are going to be things in life that you can change. And so you want to uh, create that connection with your higher self. You, First of all, we all need to awaken, and we need to awaken others uh, so that we can see the unlimited possibilities and that the paradigm shift may very well be the best thing that could ever happen in many ways. And and we've never had – I don't believe we've ever had this opportunity in human history. Um, I have uh, a belief that it's possible that if we have many alternate realities and versions of this timeline, um, it's possible that we've – reincarnated many, many times over and over and over, and it's possible that the so-called apocalypse or Armageddon has happened many times over and over and over in our history, and we just don't realize it. So many of us may have gone through apocalypses before. I actually had a a sort of a, an altered experience where I saw one of these events happening um, many years ago where I saw myself going through an event like that with a huge something like World War Three, so I, I think that um, we need to look at the fact that there are things that we can change, and we need to tap into our higher selves or wise mind and our, ask our guides to help us in making the best possible decisions um, with the options we seem to have available to us in these such difficult situations that we encounter in life. And then there are going to be those things that are not going to change no matter what we do. They may change on their own in good time. They may not change at all. And that's maybe a case of acceptance in some ways and that we learn to work with the situation as it is and maybe soften up a bit and um, just be compassionate with ourselves and the situation or the person involved and ask the universe to the universal source to try to help us with these situations and try to come up with the the best possible outcome, a positive outcome for ourselves and the person or the situation that we're having a hard time with. And um, Certainly one of the things that is occurring with the paradigm shift, with the climate change, I think, is a growing sense of personal responsibility Mm. and I think this is a good thing I certainly am questioning my use of petrol in the car I would love to have an electrical car I'm trying to use as least amount of plastic as I possibly can trying to devise ways in which to do grocery shopping without use of plastic and I'm slowly getting the fact that I am actually a big contributor to the whole system, to the whole consumer system. And we can make changes. And consumers have got a huge voice mm. if we let it be known to you know, corporations. We can do a lot of things. We can write to corporations demanding that they end the use of plastic, that they use recycled materials. We can actually drive a lot of change and realising that we are responsible for this world. Mm. We can't just hold you know, large corporations responsible for things. Mm. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. Mm. It doesn't have to be a hopeless situation. It's that realisation that you are responsible and you can actually make a difference. I think that's very important spiritually. Mm. Personal responsibility is one of the the biggest realisations that you'll have in in your spiritual awakening. Personal responsibility is like total responsibility for everything you manifest. And it's a place of power. Because you become responsible for everything you manifest in your life and in the world. And and having total responsibility is like magic because you realize that you are 
uh, you're fully empowered. You're a being of unlimited power in that sense by accepting this idea of personal responsibility. I think it is important not to despair mm. because it's possible to despair. It can be so hard to make all these changes because we are in a system which perpetuates this sort of consumerism. Mm. I think what's important is to realize our power and then to slowly make gentle changes. Mm. Mm. And it's uh, it's sort of like a snowball effect. Mm. You know, you make one change one day, another change the second day, and gradually over time the change becomes quite substantial. Mm. I, I see that in um, veganism, for example, um, while, you know, angrily going up against, um, I don't know, uh, whatever it is the activists are going up against in an angry way and, and fighting them, but you'll get results and uh, it might be limited results and showing people photos of animals being tortured and everything, you will get some people to turn to veganism and you'll have a certain amount of success. But I think the greatest success we've had in uh, veganism is in telling people about the benefits of being on a plant-based diet, the health benefits, the weight loss, the mental clarity you get, your metabolism speeding up, and, and educating people. And actually the simplest way, which Lana was just uh, alluding to, is People just going up and saying, uh, do you, what do you have for vegan food? Because everyone around you is going to see that. And as more and more people do that, the snowball effect occurs. And people will start thinking just by hearing that without you even saying anything. And that will perpetuate um, more people turning towards a plant-based diet, which is way more sustainable than um, eating hamburgers and, and meat and that sort of thing. You know, plant-based diet, veganism is one of the greatest changes we can actually make for the good of the planet mm. because it means that, you know, the trees aren't going to be knocked down for, you know, paddocks for cows mm. and mm. for sheep. It's a, a huge contribution that we can make and we can make it lovingly, mm. you know, and we can lovingly, um, those of us that are on a plant-based diet, can lovingly tell people about how how wise and intelligent cows and, and pigs are mm. and how, you know, for example, a pig has got the intelligence of a five-year-old child. We can do that with love. You know, I wasn't always vegan. Mm. You know, I've only been vegan mm. for the past six, seven years. I used to love meat. I still like the taste of meat. Mm. But I've chosen to, to not do that because I've uh, seen the horrors of what it's like mm. inside factory farming. I didn't realize this before. And it is, and it probably traumatizes the people that are involved in the production of meat. Um, but it's not useful. It's not always useful to walk up to someone and say, you're eating a hamburger, you're a murderer. Um, you know, I, I ate meat for 20 years. I only became vegan um, when I came to Australia several years ago. So we need to do things in a loving way, in a gentle way, and realize, you know, people are where they're at and um, – this planet is headed towards whatever it's headed towards and whatever it's going to be. And, and there's a certain acceptance in this. And it doesn't mean that we can't make changes. We, we will. And veganism has probably had exponential growth since the 80s uh, just by virtue of people becoming vegan and joining. And um, long, I think education is a really good strategy, just not lecturing people. Um, I think that's where we've seen the greatest success in um, people turning towards um, pl a plant-based diet. And so that's – I think that's one of the components of making positive change in the world. I think it's very exciting to realize that as the world around us, the physical world around us is changing, so are we. Hmm. I know a lot of people in the spiritual community have been – first-hand experiencing radical changes. I believe a lot of people out there have physical changes, some mm. of which aren't very pleasant, mm. but which reflect changes. And they say that we might be going from a carbon-based system to a crystalline, which is a mm. fascinating, fascinating mm. to think about. They also say that our, our genes, some of the genes that supposedly have uh, – 
you know, not been junk. having any effect. Yeah, mm. the so-called junk DNA apparently has been Activated. going to be activated and turned on, and that's very exciting mm. because, uh, you know, what are the potentials? You know, how much potential have we got? They say that we are only using 1% of our potential. That's very exciting. Mm. It, these are exciting times, and we need to embrace this paradigm shift. And I'm just going to you know, encapsulate the way that we should go about this, maybe the ideal way would be to, when you're making changes in the world as an act, activist, do it not from hatred or anger because you're perpetuating, that's what you're going to create. You're going to create more anger and hatred in the world. So if you're going to go out and make changes in the world, try to make the world a positive place and try to say, when you're going out trying to save things um, the environment and animals, um, do it in a positive way, you know, trying to encourage people to plant trees, to transition to sustainable resources, solar, water, wind, those sorts of things, um, using, we need to stop using plastic and all of those things. And as you're doing that, we may very well be transitioning into this higher vibrational state that we're calling new earth by virtue of taking positive actions that way. We should talk about relationships. Mm. Relationships are just as much a part of the environment as is the, the physical environment. Mm. And mm. relationships are hard work. And I believe there might be a shift taking place in, in that sense as well. You know, they say the younger generation is, uh, you know, they say there's a lot of... Um, I guess young people that seem to be old souls. Mm, that's right. And uh, some of them, yeah. some of them supposedly are more challenging than previous young people. <laughs> <laughs> and those of us that are parents of uh, teenagers, and of course I'm one of them, um, <laughs> can certainly attest to the, to the challenges that teenagers um, can be. But also some of them seem to have a great wisdom in them at the same time as being challenging and opposing the status quo. Relationships are hard work mm. and uh, it's so easy to despair. Mm. And it's so easy when one member of, um, of a diet in a relationship is angry, it's so easy to get angry back. Mm. It's something all of us struggle with from a day to day yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis. And relationships are, the, are fundamental to the world. It's, it's, everything is created by and through relationships, starting with ourselves, our relationships with ourselves to everything else. Um, everything in the world, the outer world is created by agreement. And I think that the concept of unconditional love mm, big is Excellent. the biggest mm most useful concept here and it's so damn hard Absolutely. it is so love. hard i mean we we almost don't do anything without conditions we always have conditions and that i'm glad you brought that up this is probably and this for me was one of the biggest realizations ever and i've been realized going through this realization for years now and i had a guide tell me um that the uh God source, and I'm talking about the gender neutral God, the, the divine spirit, the um, universal source of the universal unconscious is um, a, a conscious being of unconditional love. It's, it's a, we, and we are part of that. If we are, we are co-creators of reality. This is the metaphysical theory or the mystical theory that we are, we are actually gods ourselves. We are creating reality um God made humans in, in its own image, and, and, evolved, and God is omnipotent, omnipresent, and omnipowerful, and it's everything and everywhere, and we are just part of that. We are aspects of this God source, and therefore, so if God is unconditional love, and we want to be part of that, which uh, this guide told me, that's why we're here. We are actually here to learn unconditional love, to become a part of the universal source again, it, within full realization of our unlimited nature our and spirits our unlimited spirit um we are sort of on this 
this is like a testing ground. We're like children, like little seeds planted here. And we're here to, you know, return to source. And But we need to be of that high vibrational state that we call unconditional love. You can't go into a vibration being hate. That's, that's pure love, being hateful and angry and sad or whatever. Uh, miserable all the time that's not compatible with the god source that's not unconditional love it's not pure love um the vibration needs to be compatible so we need to strive to the guide told me we need to learn to love the things that we dislike which is the hardest thing to do if you can learn to love the things that hate you and learn to love the things that do wrong to you and still that that's really challenging. That's the most challenging thing that any person could ever do. And it's, it's imagine it's easy to love the things that like you and love the things that love you. But how do you love the things that hate you? And how do you love the things that you're angry at and dislike? If you can do that, then you're going to be a very enlightened being and a very high vibrational being. So I guess one of the keys to be able to doing, to be able to do that is understanding that the world is not dualistic. It's not mm. black or white. Mm. It's not good or bad. It's everything. And good and bad are merely judgments. That's a hard concept to learn, mm. but that is the ultimate truth. The other important thing is that the unconditional love is not just meant to be for those people around you. It's meant to be for yourself. Because we all make mistakes. Mm. We all stumble. And when we do make mistakes, it's so important that we embrace ourselves, mm. give ourselves as much love as we can possibly muster. Mm. Self-compassion. And that's mm. certainly possible if you can imagine that we have within us a child, an adult, and a parent and you can imagine as a parent hugging that child within you. That's crucial for this to work. Mm -hmm. If you're going to give other people compassion, it's important to give yourself compassion. Be kind to yourself. And, you know, if you make mistakes, give yourself a break and realize that you can change your future in every single moment. And you can change your life in every single moment, regardless of your circumstances. Um, you do the best you can and you realize you're doing the best you can and everyone else is probably doing the best they can too, even if it doesn't seem like it. They're probably at the level that they're at and they're operating, if they're operating with old paradigms and they, look, we all have issues. We all do. We're all varying degrees of issues and, and problems and, and emotional states and we're all trying to heal here. We're all struggling. We're all in this together. And we need to acknowledge that in other people and acknowledge that in ourselves. Forgiveness is another very important mm. concept. Forgiveness of ourselves, forgiveness of others. Very important not to hang on to grudges, to anger. Mm. That's not to say that you stay in a toxic relationship if there's an issue of safety or if the person that you're in a relationship with is unwilling to change. You can still forgive that person but move on. Mm. However, forgiveness is really important for us to be able to move forward. That's right. Forgiveness and life is, is forever powerful. changing. That's the mm. other thing that we need to remember. Mm. Even in the midst of despair or anger, what we need to realize is these are emotions. This is not the essence of who we are. Mm. We are eternal souls. We happen to have thoughts and emotions. I liken thoughts and emotions to other organs of the body. Mm. They're not the essence of who we are. They're part of this temporary physical state that we're in. Emotions come and emotions go. Mm, it's like the tide. It goes in and it goes out. And King Solomon had a ring, and on that ring it said, this too will pass. Those are very wise words. Mm, it is. It's, um, it's reassuring that... Everything is temporary. Everything is impermanent. And if you have non-attachment, a concept I really like, you'll get through it. You know, if you're in a 
angry state or you're grieving or you're in despair, it will pass. It may come up again, probably will. But in the midst of it, you can realize I've been happy before. Uh, I've been angry before and uh, also been happy before. And I'm going to be happy again. I may be angry again, but I'm going to get through it. And every single difficulty will pass as well. And it may be that maybe you're in chronic pain. Maybe you're in a very chronically challenging situation. And look, I, I can't, uh, I know, I understand that people do, this does happen and they chronically struggle. Um, you know, it will, uh, this too will pass eventually. It may pass when we transition. I, you know, I can't, exp I can't, uh, address every single individual situation in this radio show and how each person gets through their, their difficulties um, in a general conversation like this on the radio. Um, so this is just a uh, general advice. I mean, it's not what happens to you. Mm. It's how you respond to things. Mm. You know, we have this, uh, this belief that other people can make us angry or, or happy or mm. sad but in fact, we are meaning-making machines. We create the meaning in any situation. It's That's us. Right. It's up to us to make the meaning. That's an incredibly empowering thing to, mm. to realize. It is. Um, I think I'd like to uh, share a little story. I call it the broken mirror. I, uh, I shared this uh, on social media recently, but it really goes with uh, this whole topic that we're discussing it gives us a, a way of operating differently and, and seeing the world and in these difficult situations uh about a week ago uh, i was in the i uh, i broke my side view mirror on our van accidentally and it wasn't the whole mirror it was just the the uh, the side it was the side view mirror it was only the glass that actually broke and so i um it's very expensive to – it would have been very expensive to actually replace the entire side view mirror. probably would have cost several hundred dollars and would have come from Japan or somewhere, and it would have cost a lot to have it put on. So I just wanted a temporary solution, and uh, someone suggested I get uh, glass made at a glass company and have it glued on. And of course, it, I went to – it took me quite a while to find a glass company that was willing to do it because it's not really worthwhile for uh, – people to cut the glass and sell it for $25. So I finally found a company that would do it. And um, it took them about a week uh, to make it for me after I traced it out. And uh, it cost $50. And I went in there and paid for it and thanked them and thought that was great. And I was carrying some papers and uh, put the glass in my hand between the papers and holding it. And as I walked out the door, I walked about 20 feet. And then the mirror suddenly slipped right out of my hands and hit the ground and shattered into a dozen pieces or more. It just, you know, and it was so sudden. I hadn't even gotten very far and I had just paid for it. So I, I, I'm looking, I'm looking at the broken glass on the ground. And in the past, I would have gotten really angry at myself, at the situation. You know, um, I needed that glass and to, to put on the car so I could see out my side view mirror and, I just paid for it and I'm thinking, you know, but uh, I had actually had just finished a, a mindfulness uh, self-compassion course for over five days. So my view on this was I actually didn't – I looked down at it and actually there wasn't any thought. There wasn't any anger. I just looked at the shattered glass on the ground and accepted it and said, you know, you're going to have losses in life and this is one of them. Don't sweat the small stuff and basically uh, – crap happens in life and um that's it it's in the past now don't cry over spilt milk so i walked back into the shop and i uh told the guy what happened and you know it took him a, he, he said the same thing he said that's right you know this stuff happens and and it doesn't it doesn't do any good to get angry at the it wasn't going to do me any good to get angry at the glass glass doesn't care it's already broken so this is sort of an analogy for life. Um, it, it often doesn't help to get angry at people or at situations because um, anger actually takes you out of your personal power. It disempowers you in many, in most cases. So I went in and I had new glass made and it took a week and I went back and I 
week later and paid him another $50 and, and I had a company actually put it on for me because it would have been difficult. And um, I actually thanked the guy and I said, you know, it was worth the $50 because I, I got a great valuable life lesson out of this. I learned to sometimes is um, we had Christine Carlson on our show once who um, she was co-author of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series and a lovely lady. Uh, really enjoyed meeting her and, uh, and we enjoyed having her on our show her, you know their their ideas are just spectacular and they really live it out um, you get, like I said you're going to have losses and the idea at least the way I see it is like um, that song Kenny Rogers the gambler you got to know when to hold him and when to fold him know when to walk away and know when to run and, and the idea is to sort of maximize your gain and minimize your losses because you're going to have losses of all sorts and relationships and money and, and all sorts of uh, other areas of your life. So you got to know when to just accept and walk away and, and you have that resilience to move on. I actually adopted a similar approach years ago with uh, parking tickets, which are very, very upsetting. Annoying. When you're awful. <laughs> so I used to, you know, if I got a parking ticket and I've had a fair few in my life, I used to try to pay them as soon as possible. And when I did, I used to imagine that I was actually donating towards, you know, the, the, the upkeep of our roads mm. and, and possibly saving some lives in the process, mm. which completely reframes the whole thing. Mm. I'd also like to con um, introduce the concept of anchor points of love. This is a really powerful concept, and this is something you can do with yourself or with another person. Usually it's with another person in terms of relationships. If you are in a loving relationship with your partner or your son or daughter, you can create anchor points of love in your mind, and you can both talk about this. You can create an actual event where you have had a wonderful time, be it Mother's Day, be it a birthday party, and you can tell each other that let's remember this event for in the future if we fight. And you can imagine this in your mind. And what I suggest you do, and you can do this now, you can choose the, the relationship you'd like to, uh, to work on, and you can imagine a really positive, wonderful event that occurs Imagine what happened, breathing in, breathing out, just relaxing and imagine the scene and imagine the love. Put your hand on your heart mm. and then just imagine your life as a timeline moving forward. Now, hopefully there'll be no negative events. However, we know life has challenges. Imagine that there is some sort of bump in the road, in your relationship with this person that you choose. And imagine in the future being in that bumpy place and putting your hand on your heart and remembering the time when things actually went very smoothly and sending the energy of that wonderful time towards the bumpy time in the future, sending all the love and all the positive healing energy towards that difficult time. And then knowing that in the future, if you do have that difficult time, you will instantly remember the time when things went well. And then you surround that whole experience with healing. Now, this is called an energetic shift. It's almost on a quantum level. You're actually planning this ahead. So you are, in fact, you are, in fact, influencing your future, which is an incredibly powerful concept. And this actually works. So if you take the time to practice this, I think you'll find that it is one of the most powerful tools, energetic tools that you can use. And that's something that I do suggest to people, and I can certainly vouch for the fact that this actually works. Mm, that's great. That that's excellent. Um, we need these tools to help us get through life. Um, and and um, just we've you know probably got uh, five minutes left. So you know, in conclusion, I'd say you can't um, 
the future is not as etched in stone. Reality changes all the time. And so I don't think the outcome is etched in stone, even if it appears to be and even if it is by our scientific standards and everything we seem to – the sixth mass extinction may very well be almost guaranteed based on the overwhelming evidence we're hearing. Uh, but nonetheless, we you keep – do you stay positive? You have an optimistic outlook and you keep making those positive changes. And perhaps metaphysically, we may very well move into this higher vibrational state we're calling the new earth. And um, nothing can change through anger and hatred. It's You're not going to get a good outcome that way. And the fact is time doesn't, in fact, exist. Right. Outside <laughs> of this reality, it's a, it's a concept of the human mind. That's right. That's right. So – we just need to remain in our, you know, centered in our power and know that we're creating reality in the moment and that we're totally responsible for the reality that we create and forget about, remain mindful of where, what's happening in the world, obviously, but don't despair. Um, even if it looks bleak and even if it looks guaranteed, it actually might not be. And we don't know that for sure. We're beings of higher power. Mm. We all need to remember that. So the future looks pretty good. It does, and this is a, an exciting opportunity. So just be here. Uh, you know, you're here. You, it's possible that uh, we chose to come into the world at this time because we wanted to be part of this um, radical change called the paradigm shift or whatever, pole shift, whatever you want to call it. And so hope you enjoyed this impromptu show. So we send you all universal soul love. We love all of you. We send you all our love and energy. Thank you for listening. This okay. is Dr. Lana Love. And Detective David Love. Mm-hmm.